It's your Locked On Flyers podcast here, your daily dose of Flyers news, analysis, and high-quality content that is happy to bring you a World Junior Tournament preview featuring special guest Chris Peters. Bring it on. Your Locked On Flyers, your daily podcast on the Philadelphia Flyers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hello, I am Rachel Donner. You can find me on Twitter at rmiriam. I'm here with prospect expert Russ Cohen, who is on Twitter at Sportsology. Thanks for making us your first listen every day. You can follow us on Twitter at Lockdown Flyers. That's where you'll keep up to date with our episodes and Flyers news, all that good stuff. You can also email the show at LockdownFlyers at Gmail if you have any questions for us. Locked on Flyers is free and available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Odyssey, wherever you're listening. So subscribe. You'll get all of our episodes here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Plus, we're over on YouTube, so you can see us over there as well. Russ, it's the most wonderful time of the year, as they say. It's the World Junior Tournament. You excited? Oh, yeah. I love it. I mean, I've covered probably four or five. The last one, you know, some young guy named Carter Hart won gold with Kale McCarr, you know, those guys. It was great. Um, I I just love it. I love watching it. I wish uh, they would have started showing it much sooner in the U.S. I think it's only been like the last 10 years. And then originally it was just the U.S. games. And then it finally expanded after a while. And, and, you know, and I'm happy, but I used to always be jealous when it was playing in other places. And, you know, world junior knowledge in this country used to really stink. And now it's gotten really good. Like people really have embraced it. Yeah. And I think, you know, at least for me, I've been watching it for a long time, but, or as long as we've been able to, but for TV. Team USA, that that group that won the gold medal with Jacob Truba mm-hmm. as the captain of that team, him singing Oh Mama mm-hmm. was the thing, you know, that sealed it for me that this is, you know, one of my most favorite things in hockey. And I, I started paying even closer attention to it from year to year. And it is always a thrill and is a great chance to get to know some draft eligible prospects as well as check in on how your team's prospects are doing against elite competition that are their peers. So it's usually a really good time always around the holidays, except for last year when it was in August and that was a mess, but <laughs> horrible, but it was something is at least I, I watched every game. I mean, couldn't have been that bad, Yeah. but yeah, what I, what I always say is the competition level is amazing. Uh, it gets very cutthroat at the end, so you can't really make mistakes, but just the, um, the drive that these players have to win for their country is unbelievable. Always some good stuff going on. Uh, the tournament starts Monday. December 26th, the first Team USA game is against Latvia at 4 p.m. Eastern. The first Team Canada matchup is 6.30 p.m. against Czechia. So uh, lots and lots of action going on that day overall uh, if, if you want to catch those games. The big Boxing Day lineup. Yep, yep. Got to love it. And, you know, we thought who better to get on the show with us to talk about World Juniors is a prospect expert extraordinaire Chris Peters from flowhockey.tv. And we are going to bring that to you right now. 
We are thrilled to welcome back to Locked On Flyers, Chris Peters of Flow Hockey to help us preview the World Junior Tournament. Welcome, Chris. Rachel, thanks for having me. It's good to be with you and Russ. It's uh, my favorite time of year, so it's always fun to be talking World Juniors. Yeah, this is where I start like really digging into prospects the most and get ramped up for the next draft. So uh, lots of stuff to pay attention to this time of year in hockey. Uh, I think for Flyers fans, the biggest thing that we're going to be following is Cutter Gautier uh, because he's pretty much it for us in That's this not World true. Junior tournament. Brian Zanetti. Don't do Yeah. I know Brian Zanetti, but, but I get it. I get you it. know, apples and oranges here. But I think that uh, again, you know, Flyers fans are pretty focused on how he does in this tournament to kind of get a, a gut check on his development so far. And so, you know, I know he's been playing on the wing in the Team USA games, but he's been playing center for Boston College. So how do you see his role on the team? And, you know, why is he on the wing versus center? Yeah, well, I think the the biggest reason that he's on the wing is because there's proven success there with Logan Cooley and Jimmy Snuggerud, because that's where he played down the stretch last season. Um, You know, I think if in a pinch, if they need another center, if they need more strength down the middle, and, and frankly, you know, the U.S. isn't terribly deep at the center position, um, then they may move him, you know, to temporarily. But I think that Team USA's top line of, of Gauthier, uh, Logan Cooley, and Jimmy Snuggerud is basically their offensive focal point. And so, you know, with Cutter playing on the wing, it allows him to, to open up his scoring potential. He's on the first power play unit too. Um, and so, you know, he's, he's a really tremendous goal scorer, uh, in addition to being a good, a, you know, good big power center, like he has been at Boston college. So, um, I think more, it's just, you know, don't fix chemistry that, you, you know, don't try to manufacture chemistry when it's not there, just go with what's worked before. And right. Goche, Cooley and Snuggerud were dominant at the world under 18 championships. So, um, this is a step up from that, but it also, it, you know, they've been the top line. So he's going to play a ton of minutes. He's going to play in a lot of different situations and maybe he'll have to move to center at some point. But I think more than anything, this is just uh, because he was so good on the wing with Cooley and Snuggerud and not a referendum on, you know, his long-term projection. I mean, I think he's a long-term center. That's why the Flyers drafted him as high as they did. Um, and maybe next year he'll play center at this event. So we'll jump around a bit. So this way it mixes up the Team USA stuff. I don't want it to be like, because <laughs> there's other stuff to talk about too. Um, so as an example, Shane Wright. If Shane Wright has a good tournament, do you think this changes the way Dave Hackstall is use, using him um, in the first part of the season before they send him here? I don't think so. I mean, I don't think this will have any impact on what happens at the NHL level just because it is – it, it, you know, we've seen guys come back from NHL teams and have dominant, you know, like Barrett Hayton was an incredibly dominant player yeah. at this tournament, and he's still trying to figure it out at the NHL True. level. Um, and I'll tell you what, though, the, the thing that this will do, I think it's much more about what this tournament means for Shane Wright than what it does for the Kraken, because Shane's going to get a chance to be the guy on this team. He's going right. to be the number one center for, for Canada. He is going to be... Um, you know, their captain, he is everything that they need him to be. And, you know, I think it's just a, this is an opportunity for Shane Wright to reclaim his status as one of the top prospects in the game today. That's well said. Um, you know, I, I think that if he has a strong tournament, 
It's great for his confidence. It's great for, you know, it, it is good for the the Kraken in that way where he's, he's going to be mm-hmm. more confident, but you look at what Seattle has done this season and you know, that Shane Wright, who wasn't playing, wasn't necessarily all about Shane Wright. Mm-hmm. It was also about the fact that Seattle was so good at the start of the season and that they were, you know, at times it, it just, you couldn't, you couldn't get him into the lineup because what they had was working so well. So um, it'll be interesting to see what the next steps are after the tournament. Um, but, you know, I think in terms of what it actually means for Shane Wright in the long term, um, you know, I think this is just basically an opportunity for him to, to gain some confidence and to to play a prominent role on the team in a year where, you know, he's had to sit in the press box quite a bit. Yeah. So um, but yeah, but, you know, we saw it at the AHL where he, he, he you know, had four goals in his, his brief AHL stint. And I think we're going to see it here, where he's he's a pretty su- significant player. Well, Bedard time. did everything but put the puck in the net for him on his first one. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, that's the other thing is that he's he's being put in a position to succeed alongside Connor Bedard. Yeah. So, you know, who who's going to be the more impactful of the two players? It'll be really fun to watch. All right, we'll have more with Chris coming up next. And now an important message from the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration. You're hanging out with some friends and putting back a few drinks. A few becomes too many as the evening comes to an end and people start to head out. You think of calling for a ride. Nah, you live nearby. You make you'll you can make it home. OK, it's no big deal. What are the odds you're going to get pulled over? And even so, what are, what's the worst that could happen? Your insurance goes up. You lose your license. You lose your job. You total your car. You kill someone. Everyone knows about the risks of driving drunk. The results are tragic and often deadly. However, that still doesn't stop everyone from getting behind the wheel under the while under the influence. That's why police officers are out there right now looking for impaired drivers on our roads to save lives. So if you're if you think you're okay to drive after a few drinks, think again. Play it safe and plan ahead to get a ride. It only takes one mistake to change your life or someone else's forever. Drive sober or get pulled over. Before we get back to talking to Chris Peters, just want to remind you to check out the Locked On Sports Today podcast. From the games that matter the most to the biggest stories in sports, go beyond the scoreboard and behind the scenes with local experts and insights only Locked On can provide. Locked On Sports Today, available wherever you get your podcasts. Yeah, I think uh, Canada is, is a little scary. I mean, they're always a little scary. In terms of, you know, they're, they go into this tournament as favorites most of the time. And there, there's a lot of pressure on them and those guys in particular. Do you think this squad is a squad that wins it? I mean, they're certainly the best team on paper. I mean, I think that you look at the the size of their blue line, the the talent that they have up front, the fact that they have, you know, four lines that can can dominate, not just score, but dominate um is is no small thing you know you you look at the way that they've structured their lineup as well with you know basically having a dynamic defenseman with a more defensive minded defenseman like you've got Olin Zellweger and then you've got Brant Clark and you've got Kevin Korczynski spread out among three different groups whereas like USA is almost all puck moving defensemen that are small (laughs) they only have one defenseman that's below 6'2 like it's it's kind of amazing um you know in sizes and everything but it matters you know it It definitely matters and so and so I think that the, that's key. The, the thing that may hold Canada back in some small way, and I think, you know, we, how often do we talk about a quarterback being a game manager? That's basically Canada's goalie every single year. Be a game manager. Don't make the big mistake. All right, so stay there, pause it. 
Because yeah, one yeah, of my yeah. questions for you is yeah. with Benjamin Goudreau, like, is he the weak point? Because I got to tell you, I know, uh, you know, they're talking about his, you know, looking through traffic is good. His position is good, but he is clunky post to post. Like he is not smooth. Or at least in my eyes. Yeah, I mean he's he's a guy that's still pretty raw, yeah. you know. Like I think he still needs a lot more technique, and, and you know I think he's a goalie that goes by feel. And you have to remember too, you know, the amount of time that was missed um, with the W or the OHL shutdown and different things like that. But um, and you know what, I don't think it's a guarantee that he's the number one. I think Thomas Millick has an okay. opportunity um, to to potentially be there, and and he's the undrafted of the two goalies, but. You know, you look at those two guys, they had success at the under 18 as a tandem, um, which I think is a big reason why they're, you know, elevated to this role at the World Juniors as well. Um, but it is a weak point for their team. I think there's no question about it. I like Milik just fine, but like, you know, he's a tandem goalie in the WHL. Mm-hmm. Goudreau has not had a save percentage above 900 in the last two years. You know, are they, it, it's, you never know because sometimes a guy can find his game at the right time and get hot. And, and he can turn into Justin Pogan. Yeah, exactly. And, and but but like I said, I think really all that Canada's goalies have to do is manage the game. Yeah. Don't give up the ugly goal. Don't give up the goal that breaks your back. Don't don't give up the easy ones. Make the saves you're supposed to make, and we don't expect you to do more than that. Um, and that if that's the expectation. Uh, usually the guys in front of the goalies that they don't trust as much play a little bit harder. Mm-hmm. Uh, and sometimes that, that, that helps you know, psychologically. Um, but we'll have to see. Cause I think that these two guys are, um, they're fine. You know, like they're not, they don't, they don't get you excited. There's honestly, Russ, there's not a goalie in this tournament that I'm excited. No, I am with you. you know, like, I'm with you. You know, like it's, it's just, yeah, it's just like, they're fine. You know, it's fine. Nobody's got a guy that I think, uh, we don't know that yet because somebody will. It always happens. Somebody steps up in a big way and steals a game. So we'll have to see where that goes. But um, but yeah, but I think that that's uh, yeah, it, it it's it's a weak point. But I it doesn't concern me a ton for them. Yeah, that's interesting that you say that about the goalies because I you know usually don't pay attention to the goalies. You know for the most part, like you said, unless somebody pops out and has like incredible performances. Right. But I wanted to pay attention to the team USA goalies because they're relatively new faces to the more, it's weird to say senior junior, but senior junior players, right? Like the upper echelon players. And, you know, I don't know much about them. Like who do you think is going to be the guy for team USA? Um, I think it's probably going to be Caden Barico. Yeah, so he's, 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 uh, he's been, he's, you know, he started for them last year. Basically Drew Camasso decided not to play in the summer world juniors. And that left, you know, a pretty significant gap. Caden right. and Barico filled it and he did well for the first three games. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, the quarterfinal was not good. Um, and, and that's the, I I personally as like as a as somebody that watches hockey like I don't like I really like Caden Embarico like I like what he can do I think that he fights for everything that he his gets. his stick he works competes. real good I like his stick work yeah he's a good puck handler yeah. like he's he, he's and he's aggressive and he and he knows what he is he's an undersized goalie that has to go ba- based on feel yeah. you know if you're five eleven you're an average height you you know you're above average height for a human but you are way below for I'm a glad you said above average because um, in the Cohen family you'd be a giant I had one yeah, exactly, I had one relative exactly. that was six foot and then me at like five yeah. nine was like number three <laughs> yeah exactly yeah I mean same same deal in my family but 
you know, I think that, um, you know, for, for him, it, it's, it's just about consistency. And unfortunately at his size, he doesn't play that predictably technical style or predictable technical style that a lot of goalies employ right now. He's more of that Jonathan quick, Tim Thomas, like throw the kitchen sink at it and see what happens. Um, and that's great if you can do it at a high enough level, but you have to sustain that for a whole week. So the interesting thing is, is that if Caden Embarico falters and if he's not going to be the guy, they have Trey Augustine, who's a 17 year old goalie. He's, you know, he's yeah. draft eligible. He's a, a little bit bigger, mm-hmm. not much at six foot, about six foot, six foot one, maybe. Um, and he's had a tremendous season at the national team development program. He's had over a 930 save percentage this year, which is really difficult to do there. But that's, you know, he's also hasn't had the same number of game no. reps as, you know, some of the other goalies. So, so that's the other thing that you kind of are like, will he have the feel? This is a big stage to throw him on. Will he be able to thrive in that? So, you know, goaltending for the U.S. is a big question as well. Um, you know, they've got a, a good group there to, to work with them. Jared Wayman, who, who is with the Tampa Bay Lightning, is there as I think he's like a goalie scout or goalie analyst for them. Um, was the goalie coach at Quinnipiac, and he was also Spencer Knight's personal goalie coach um, uh, for many, many years and just knows the position and understands this event. He's, he's worked with USA Hockey in the past. So um, I think they're going to lean on him to you know help with that decision process, and, and they'll, they'll go with what's right at the right time. All right. This one's a haymaker, so I'm, I'm letting <laughs> you know this is going to be the hardest question anybody asks you about this tournament. And I'll answer it first just to take the heat off a little too. But is Connor Bedard more talented at this age than Sidney Crosby, Evgeny Malkin, or Alex Ovechkin? I, you know, I covered a few of them. I, I've watched them all uh, at World Junior level, and I'm going to say yes. Mm. I'm, I'm going to say no. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, but here's what I will say, Russ. Like, I've seen him at the under 18s. I've seen him at the World Juniors. I've seen, you know, in the international settings, Connor Bedard is on. Yeah, and he is great and he is can be dominant i think in this particular tournament i have very little doubt that he's going to score a ton of goals um i think he's going to be the star of the tournament we're all going to be talking about him for many years to come the thing that separates those other guys from bedard is there is zero like he's he's worked so hard to add more of it but you know like the physical stature that he has is a huge is huge difference i mean Sidney crosby is not a giant, but he is thick. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you've got Evgeny Malkin. But he wasn't as thick a as a world junior participant. And uh, that's tr- what I'm getting true, at. True, and Ovechkin true, did but... get a hurt shoulder. Uh, he, you know, he did go out of a game with a, with a boo-boo. Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, like, I still think, like, they were the, they, they were just absolutely, you know, just upper tier. But I think, to your point, Russ, like, I think Connor Bedard is in the conversation. Yeah, he's in like, the conversation. Let's see, let's see where he's at relative, like, to Connor McDavid, 16 year old year or 17 year old season um, at the world juniors and, you know, being just a tremendously dominant player. Like, you know, I, I think that what we've seen from Connor Bedard this season is nothing short of remarkable, spectacular, largely unprecedented. Um, I just, I'm still having a hard time getting my, like, you know, he's not a, he's not a burner skater. He's not a, you know, he's, he's, he's just a tremendous shooter. He's incredibly intelligent, brilliant hands, does all these things really, really well. Um, but I still think that the physical component of his game, which he's worked again, worked hard to improve and, and has improved in that regard. 
um, is, is like the thing that, that may end up being the separation between him and the guys that we view as, okay. you know, the upper echelon players. That's fair. All right, we're going to wrap up with Chris Peters coming up next. And we had a question about his Festivus grievances that uh, resulted in a very interesting answer, which you are going to want to hear coming up next. So we've talked a lot about Team USA and Canada. There's usually in this tournament a plucky underdog country (laughs) that people get behind. Uh, Who's that going to be in this tournament? The, the team that I've been going with that I feel reasonably, you know, strongly about in terms of, of, of their ability to compete and contend in this tournament is Czechia. Um, they have some real talent on their blue line. They have a goalie that, you know, stole a game for them against U.S. last year in the quarterfinals in Suhanik. Um, they have, uh, you know, David Juracek, who's probably going to play upwards of 28 minutes a game. And I, I think... yeah. We're yeah, big Eurocheck fans on this show. Just so yeah, you know. I think I, he's, I think he's phenomenal, um, and I think he'll be a, a major impact player. Uh, then you've got other guys on their roster. Yuri Kulich has been doing an, an incredible job at the, with the Buffalo Sabers uh, affiliate, the AHL Rochester. He, you know, he's scoring and he's 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 a goal scorer. He can take over games. Got Edward Shala, who's a draft prospect, who I think is going to be a, a big piece of this. He's team. polarizing though. So, there are people that love him, well, people that hate him. Well, yeah, I mean, I think I think part of the part of the people that you know that you know, you look at him in the the Czech league, and it's really hard to even get a read on him yeah. because he he just doesn't play that much. And then you know, you get him here, you get him in these settings. Um, you get him at the under eighteen Worlds last year, where he was just an absolute stud with Coolidge. Um, you know, I think that those two guys are going to, going to have a chance to make the team better. So the different, you know, you look at the teams that win the tournament, they're going to have, you know, multiple lines, multiple deep pairings that are going to give you a chance, but we've seen teams in the past where they have one or two guys, they have one or two guys and their goaltending is good enough, not spectacular, but good enough. They have a chance to go on a run in the tournament. So I think the checks are going to be dangerous. There's a, a strong likelihood they finish third in their group, but in the crossover games for um for for the quarterfinals you know if you finish third you probably play us or finland right and i think czechia has enough to beat either one of those teams so you know it's it's just that's you know they haven't meddled since i think 2005 and um maybe even before that and and but i think that this is a team that absolutely has a reasonable expectation to go in saying hey we should be coming out of this with a medal all right so one of my Fun players to watch. He was really good last tournament, and he's not on a country that you know you're gonna is is really gonna overwhelm anybody. Ian Scherzer from Austria, center, fun guy to watch. Like I, I, you know, what do you think of him? It'll be interesting. Like the thing about the Austrian players is, it's just like, will they ever have the puck enough to notice? Them? Right. You know, like that's that's the thing about like they have they have a real, they have multiple good players. They got Vincennes Rohr. They've got David Reinbacher, who's a yep, really good, tremendous year yeah. in the Swiss league. Like they have some guys. Scherzer's one of those guys where it's like, yeah, maybe, you know, like you, you, they need guys to step up. Um, I don't think there's a bigger hole in any lineup than the one that Marco Casper leaves oh, yeah. by not being in this tournament. Um, and I don't really blame him or the Red Wings no. for not going here. I mean, it, you know, do you want to get your head kicked in for seven days or, you know, eight days or however many days you get, you know, the, the only reason for, to go is to maybe stave off relegation. Cause I just don't see them doing anything more than maybe playing in the relegation round. Maybe they sneak into a quarterfinal spot. It's, it's, it's tough to say. Um, but you know, I mean, it's just, it, this, 
it's going to be hard for anybody on that team to uh, to stand up. That that is definitely one of the multiple players on Austria to at least keep an eye on, see how they yeah. handle the the adversity, and and if they can, you know, be uh, be strong enough. And then, yeah, I mean, like that's it's a reason to watch uh, Austria because these guys, all three of them that you yeah. mentioned, are talented. Yeah, absolutely. I think Reinbacher, you yeah. know, he's got a real chance to be a, a, a top 15 pick even yeah. in this draft. He could be the first defenseman drafted for all we know in this draft. The way he's Well, hold on year. that thought because I have a question about that coming up later. All right, let's All right, well, I will hold that thought and I'll 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 wait for that question. <laughs> That's a, a good transition because I think for Flyers fans especially, you know, with not a lot of presence in the tournament and where we are in the standings, uh, we're looking at the draft eligible prospects, right? And so who are like a couple of guys who are probably in like the four to 10 range, let's say currently <laughs> uh, <laughs> that we should yeah. be looking at? Yeah. I mean, I, I as far as the four to 10 range, I mean, you know, I mean, hey, let's not, let's not discount the opportunity to to get number one or number two here Look, uh, we don't have that kind of luck usually yeah yeah exactly but but you know obviously bedard and fantilli are the top two guys but right after right. that you know leo carlson is is probably the guy yeah. that i think a lot of flyers fans will want to watch and it, you know if you have him and cutter goche down uh on your top line you know Ooh. you know like but and it's same situation carlson can play center yep. he's going to play wing in this tournament it looks like um but you know like if you have you have big skilled players that'll help um you know the one thing about leo is he's not as good a skater um so that's something that will you know potentially hold him back uh from being a top top his stick handling is really guys. good he could stick oh handle yeah he's anything. skilled he's, yeah. he's offensively smart he's strong yeah, yeah. he's hard to defend like there are so many tools so i don't really worry about the skating a ton it's not it's just not a great attribute of his um but but he's he's you know, probably trending towards that number three, number four kind of pick in this draft. Um, outside of that, you know, there are some interesting guys. Uh, Delibor Dvorsky uh, for Slovakia will be one to watch. Um, Fun to watch if he scores a goal. Skin. He's a real showman. Yeah, he is a showman. And he, he unfortunately, like, Lately, he's his his scoring has really cooled yeah. off in the Allspenskin. Yeah. Um, so we'll have to wait and see if 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 he can regain that, and if Slovakia is going to have a chance. Guys like him have to be good. Um, you know, Edward Shala, who I mentioned, is is kind of in that 10, 20 range. Um, you know, where he's he's uh, he's a guy that I think at this tournament the expectation should be reasonably high that he's going to make a significant impact. Charlie Stramel for Team USA. Yep. You know, he's actually played exceptionally well in the pre-tournament games, aside from a couple penalties that he's got to avoid taking at the tournament. He's, you know, his size is, he's got two goals. He's been playing you know. up. I, I'm been... sorry. Team USA taking dumb penalties. <laughs> I am shocked. Uh, yeah. Well, they have a couple of options. Char to do Charlie's been playing up in, in, in uh, age group for a while now too, like the last three years. Yeah. And he's done really yeah. well everywhere, he, everywhere he's played. Yeah. You know, and I, I think, I think that, he's starting to discover that confidence again, yeah. rediscover the confidence that he had a few years ago, yeah. because he, you know, after he got injured last year and was lost, missed half a season to surgery, um, you know, he, he, it's taken him a while to get it back. I think he's as close as he's ever been to, to getting it back. All right. My last question for you, Axel Sandin Palika, who we, we both watched and spoke to at the five nations. If he has a great tournament, could this push him to be one of the top two defensemen in this draft? I it's hard to say because I think that this year's draft is so weird. And when it comes to defensemen, there are so many differing viewpoints on this. Group. I know. So he's 
he's a five foot eleven defenseman, right shot defenseman with great offensive skill. I like his skating ability. Um, he actually played on the power play for Sweden yeah. on their top power play unit at this tournament or at the yeah, and he looked good. Like USA. he looked good. Zone entries were yeah. good. Yeah, Look, yeah, looked really good. Like, um, and he's played in the in the SHL for a lot of this season, so it's really he's he's steadily trending up, and I really like his game. Um, coming into the event, you know, it's so rare that a, a player for Sweden who didn't play at the under 18s as an underager plays at the World Juniors the following year. So it's pretty, it's a pretty significant leap, and it also speaks to how depleted Sweden's yeah. blue line is without Simon Edmondson, yeah. Matthias Havelid, Elias Salomonson. Um, so there, they have guys that you know could have potentially been in that gr- round. But if 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 Sandy Plika has a has a big tournament, it does change the dynamic. I think of of how he's viewed because as of right now, you know, is is he skilled? Is he he's got skill, but is he skilled enough? Is he fast enough? Is, can he do those things at his size? Um, he, he, defensively, he needs work, but still, he's got a lot of of that offensive capability. So um, I am very excited to see what he can do in this tournament because I like the player quite a bit. Um, I think at this point, the order of how the defensemen are going to go in this draft Russ, remains completely a crap. No, I, me. I think and that's I have, the right I, answer. I, have, I do. Yeah. I have no idea exactly how it's going to go. There's, there's, there's like a collection of maybe 10 to 15 defensemen where you're like, maybe I, I just know. wanted to get the conversation you know? yeah. going. You know how that is. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. But I mean, I think Sandine Palika, being in this tournament, I'm super excited to see how he does. All right. Uh, yesterday on our show, we had our Festivus airing of the grievances. And so I'm just curious if you have any World Juniors grievances. Is there a player missing, a team missing, anything like that that you want to get off your chest? Yeah, I mean, I don't know if there's any. I don't know if I have any grievances aside from the fact that, you know, I would really like for Russia to get out of Ukraine. Yeah. Um, you know, like, like, I mean, yeah. like, you know, like basically it, it's so the one thing I do want to say is like Russia is not in the tournament for all of the right reasons. They should not be part of the international sporting community for as long as this is going on in Ukraine. Um, and, and I hope, I, I think that other nations will agree. Like I don't think Finland or Sweden will ever agree to play in a tournament with Russia so long as this is going on. And so that's the challenge for the IIHF is at what point do they allow Russia to come back in? Um, And to be honest with you, it could be sooner than we think uh, just because money talks. And it's I'm that's the thing that I'm concerned about. But I I think that the other thing I will say is from a just strictly hockey perspective, Russia not being in the world juniors diminishes the tournament. Oh, yeah. I said it on another show yesterday. It It just does. I can't. I, when you when you take away an elite team that always has a chance to win the whole thing, that's one threat out of the mix. And this year we're going to feel that pretty significantly because that means that, you know, somebody like last year, Latvia squeaks into the quarterfinals. And, you know, in most years they wouldn't, you know. So, and I'm glad for them, amazing accomplishment. But we also know that had Russia not, had Russia been in that tournament, Latvia wouldn't have even been there. They wouldn't, they wouldn't have even been there because they hadn't earned promotion at that point. So, you know, it's just, it's, it's that's that. So that is my, my grievances is, is nothing really hockey related and said it's, it's more like, come on, can we just, can we get rid of this? And and it's, it's funny. We mentioned this now because obviously we've had, you know, the, the diplomatic efforts of, of the Ukrainian present here in the U S and so it's just like, it's top of mind for that way, but also, you know, with the world juniors, 
Russia's absence is going to be felt. Uh, and it was last year. I thought, I thought the summer world juniors was maybe the worst world juniors I've ever watched. Yeah, it was. And, uh, it was not pretty. Yeah, except for the final, the final right. was great yeah. outside of that. Like the, they're so lucky that that final happened because I like, it was like, I love this tournament so much. And that, that event was an affront to the tournament. So, so hopefully we have a much better event this time around. Exactly. All right, Chris, thank you so much. Uh, where can people find you out there? Yeah, well, I'm going to be uh, heading out to Halifax and Moncton very soon. I'll be covering the entire tournament for Flow Hockey, and that's flowhockey.tv. Um, lots of written content. We'll have some video content as well. Um, my podcast is Talking Hockey Sense, and then you can also catch me on Twitter at Chris M. Peters. I will be basically with Team USA the entire time. That's the 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 path I'm taking in this tournament. It's going to be much more USA focused as opposed to strictly prospects focused. There will be that as well. So uh, covering the entire tournament with a special focus on the US, and and I hope everybody enjoys it because it's uh, a lot of fun for me to do it. We'll be watching. Thanks, All Chris. Right. Yep. All right. Thanks. thanks so much. Appreciate it. All right. Thanks once again to Chris Peters for yeah. joining us for our special World Junior Preview. Um, just so much respect for all of the work he does oh, yeah. and the knowledge that he has. You could throw any player at him from the tournament and he'll have something to say. About he will. Him. He's very opinionated. No, I'm kidding. He's really great. <laughs> he is. His knowledge base is terrific. Yeah. So uh, just a reminder, the tournament is on TSN in Canada, NHL Network in the United States and other places around the world, wherever you are listening or watching the show. And uh, we will be back next week on Tuesday. We're going to get caught up on the Flyers action. We're going to talk about the Phantoms and how Cutter Gautier is doing in World Juniors so far. And Brian Zanetti. Uh, and Brian Zanetti, <laughs> yes. Always <laughs> forget Brian. Sorry, Brian. You know, to get that going, the tournament has some like pre-tournament games that they had and team usa played sweden and cutter gautier scored in that so that is our flyers fun thing for today yeah pretty goal it was very pretty goal all right that'll do it uh, as a reminder we always want to hear from you so send in your mailbag questions via twitter at locked on flyers you can email us at locked on flyers at gmail or comment over on youtube I'm Rachel. I'm on Twitter at rmiriam. That's R-M-I-R-I-A-M. I'm Russ. I'm at Sportsology, S-P-O-R-T-S-O-L-O-G-Y. Thanks for making Locked On Flyers your first listen today. For your next listen, check out the Locked On Sports Today podcast. It's the biggest stories of the day, plus instant reactions, big game recaps, and their take of the day. It's available wherever you get your podcasts. And uh, have a great holiday weekend and happy World Juniors, everyone. Have fun, everybody.